pebbles, uh, that's a tree. Blue Manari's pizza, that's a tree. Me, on the other hand, I don't know. All I've got to offer you today is Jesus. That's all I got. If that's not good enough, well, then you're in trouble. But all I got is Jesus. Anyone okay with that? Amen. So what I've got is a word from Jesus. And if you're hungry like I'm hungry, Jesus is more than a treat. Jesus is a delight. Jesus is our source of comfort. Jesus is our source of illumination of truth. Jesus is our life. Jesus is the air we breathe. Jesus is our source of nourishment. Jesus is life, not existence. We were not called to exist. We're called to live. In him I live and move and have my being that's what we're called to do. We're, we're called into an invitation. We're invited into a source of vivacious electricity. You ever been shocked before? It's not fun. But it'll wake you up, you know? Some of us need a shock. Amen, Pastor Danny. God bless you. Oh, we're going to be here for a while. See, if you don't talk to me, see, I, I, I'm an old school Pentecostal. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't saying nothing, to me, that means you ain't listening. And if you're listening, I got to go longer because I got to know that you get it. Now, the more you talk to me, the shorter the message will be. So if you say things like, mm, Danny, come on now, especially if you go like this, I'm like, oh, the Holy Ghost now, all right? So if you go like this, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a short message. These people got it going. I'm out. We okay with that? Before we get started, I want you to get up on your on your feet. Close your eyes and just breathe. Take a deep breath. Many of us don't take deep, deep breaths. This is not yoga. This is just breathing. <laughs> Some of us just need to relax, man. We're tense. We're frustrated. We're aggravated. We're angry. We're lost. We're addicted. Well, right now I'm here to tell you you're in the presence of Yahweh. Yahshua. The I am that I am. Yo soy de yo soy. He is who you need. He is what you need. He is your rest. He is your comfort, He is. Your life, He is. Your rejuvenation, He is. Your resurrection, He is. The lover of your soul. Jesus is attracted to you. He is attracted to you. Can you do yourself a favor and talk to him just for the next 30 seconds or so? And in your situation, just say the name of Jesus. Just say Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus, Jesus. I need you. Come on. I 
then tell him, thank you. Come on, just open up your mouth. Use your voice. Tell him, teacher, I'm stuck. I'm worried. I'm afraid. Things are not working out real good for me right now, Jesus, so I need you. Things at work aren't good. Things at home are not good. My kid's gone buck wild. I'm addicted to this. I'm addicted to that. Right now, I'm full of some sin that I'm feeling guilty about, Lord God. Jesus, I need you. Te necesito en mi vida. I need you in my life right here, right now. I don't want to wait till Monday. I don't want to wait till next Friday. I need you this moment because I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for you. Hallelujah. The Bible teaches us that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Are you breathing? Then praise the Lord. In his house, he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. We're not here to, 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 to be entertained. We're here to worship Jesus. That's our purpose right here, right now. You're not here to listen. You're here to participate. So come on, open up your mouth. His name is Jesus. His name is God. Come on, open up your mouth. Use your voice and tell him, Lord, I need you. Lord, I want you. Thank you for your grace. Come on, open it up. Come on, say it. Hallelujah. 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 Just a little bit more. We are a house of prayer for all nations. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Come on, saints. We're believers of the Lord Jesus. This is what believers do. We pray. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Lord, I'm desperate for you. Jesus, I'm desperate for you. Jesus, I don't want religion. I want a relationship. Hallelujah. So help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Bless you, Father. Thank you, Yahweh. Thank you, Yahweh, for being good to me. Thank you, Lord God, for loving me. Thank you, Lord God, for helping me. Thank you, Lord God, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. I want who you are. I want you, Jesus. I want you. I'm not satisfied with anything in this country, in this world, in my job, my house. Nothing compares with your grace and your mercy. I want you, Jesus. Thank you, Yahweh. Praise your holy name. Can you, can you do me the favor of grab the hand of your neighbor to your left and to your right? Do this at, at, at East Humble Park every week. There you go. There you go. Come on, everybody. Shake a hand. We are New Life Community. Community. Common unity. Everybody, everyone needs to be touched. It's a form of affirmation. I'm going to ask you to do me one favor. Actually, do your, your neighbor a favor because you have the power of faith that dwells within you according to the scripture. All you need is the faith of something. See, the Bible says, Pray you, therefore, one for another. You got to pray for somebody. 
Prayer takes our eyes off of us and puts it on someone else. We're called to live a life of selflessness. Selfless. In America, it's selfish. It's all about me. You know, it's all about me. Selfies. You know, there's no selfies here. It's otherness. Otherness. For I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives. So you're going to pray for the person next to you. You're going to ask God three things. Number one, you're going to say, God, thank you for this person. Number two, God, help this person. Number three, God, bless this person. Number one, thank you, Father, for my sister, for my brother. And then you say, Lord, can you help them? (laughs) They're a mess, Lord. They need you. They need you, Lord. My sister needs you. My brother needs you. My cousin needs you. My neighbor, God, they need you. Help them, Lord. Help them. And then number three, Lord, bless them. Oh, empower their hearts and their mind. Empower them, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Come on, the Lord is already moving because we're praying. Mm. Come on, a little bit more, just a little bit more. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for hearing us. We love to hear when your people pray. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. (laughs) Uh, Father, we pray that you speak to us. We need a word from you. We need a word from you. God, if we don't get a word from you, we will be lost. We want to change. I ask you this so that you can receive the glory, Yahweh. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord an applaud of praise. He's good. Amen. Have a seat. Well, I'm I'm only going to keep you about two and a half hours. Don't worry about it. You'll be out by... I got to split to Norwich, so... What we just did should be the norm. Yeah? What we just did should be, needs to be, will be the norm. Because Christians, the word Christian is a weird word. It means Christ in. Did you know that uh, it was a number of years after Jesus was resurrected and the Christians were being persecuted by Nero? Everywhere, if you were if you were called, if you were a, actually if you were if you were part of the they were called the followers of the way. Anyone who were believers in Jesus, they were called followers of the way because Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and life." So it were the Romans, the Romans who called uh, who actually dubbed us Christians. It was a term considered to be demeaning and insulting. Oh, you're a Christian. That was next to a cuss word to the Romans. Oh, there's those stupid Christians. Well, the followers of the way took it. Boom, I'm a Christian. It means I'm in Christ. I'm a follower of the way. That's where we got the word Christian and how we were labeled. The fish, you ever see the the St. Peter's fish? You ever see the cars with the little fish thing? That came from during that time because St. Peter, hello, the bishop of the church, he was a fisherman. So whenever uh, uh, followers of the way went to go visit a friend, 
or they would go to church. The only way they knew there was a church there is because you'll see a sign of the fish next to a doorway. And they were new. Well, there were Christians there. Isn't that interesting? But see, we ought to have that tattooed on our hearts. The way we know that we're Christians today is not by the label we wear, but by the life that we live. The life that we live, that's what differentiates us from this culture, is the life that we live. Your lifestyle ought to display the St. Peter fish or the label Christ in. Christian, I'm a Christian, yeah, Christ is in me. Today is a real simple word. Last week we talked about the church being unified where many parts, however, we are from one body, right? Is that what was preached last week? Unified, we're one body. Multiple people, uh, what did, you, what, Paul, what, what did uh, uh, um, Matthew write? Was it from Matthew or 1 Corinthians? Paul said, we're, we are uh, a Jew, we are Gentile. The word Gentile really means barbaric, barbarian. In other words, other, other cultures. We're Jew, we're, we're, we're Gentiles, we're slaves, and we're free. That means we're different nationalities and from different economic statuses. Some are rich, some are poor. Some are Jew, some are Gentile. In other words, the point is, all different, but we all belong to one body. So therefore, that means that we have a level of responsibility. See, my hands have to take care of my body. If something was coming at me, I go like this, right? You go like this, right? We cover the face because the face, the head, is one of the most important parts of the body. We lose this, we, got, we lose it all. Our hand, my hands are responsible to my body. My feet have a big responsibility to take me where I need to go. My legs have a big responsibility to carry this, this body to where it needs to go. My hips are really important. My back, hello. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You jack the back, you just jack. <laughs> Spinal cord. Every part of my body is responsible to the body. Fingers. If I took a hammer, a hammer... And I went, oops, on your, on your little toe, your toe. That old man, you'd be jacked for days. The toe. The toe, know that if you, if you lose a pinky toe, you can't walk right. Did you know that? Something so small plays such a big part in our life. You play a huge part to this body. You are an important person in this body. So now, what I'm going to show you is going to help strengthen you so that you can fulfill your purpose and your call to this body, this community. Well, I'm getting the goosebumps just thinking about how important you are, how valuable you are, how necessary. You are necessary to this body. Mm, are you ready? All right, here we go. Jump with me. Open, or rather, turn on your Bibles <laughs> to uh, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. I should turn on my timer. So I got four. All right. Goodness, however, I already took over 10 minutes, right? That's all right. Thank you very much, Jim. Today I want to talk about the necessity, the necessity of being alone with Jesus and the benefit of being with others. The necessity of being alone with Jesus and the benefit of being with others. Mark chapter 6, 30 
through 31. I'm going to actually use this as my, my launching pad, but I got a lot of scriptures that I want to share with you in order to verify everything that I'm talking to you about. It's all coming from the scriptures. Jesus says this in Mark chapter 6, verse 30. Follow along with me if you can. I'm reading from the NLT, the New Living Translation. It's one of my favorite translations. Uh, the, the scripture says this, the apostles returned to Jesus. Where did the apostles return to? Uh-huh, that's, we ought to do that on a regular basis, right? We should regularly be going to return. Now also notice this. Notice how scripture says that the apostles returned. It didn't say the disciples returned. Do you notice that? There's a big difference. Disciple means a disciplined learner, someone being mentored. An apostle means someone sent. So this gives us the, the verification that when Jesus sends you, you're, you're, you're now out of the school of discipleship and you're now on the track of apostleship. However, we'll always be disciplined learners, but there's a time where you got to graduate. You know, only when I was in school, in high school, I graduated in 1981 from uh, Lakeview High School. And back in that day, that wasn't that long ago, but you know what I'm talking about. Back in that day, if you were considered a five-year man, then you were considered a loser. If you were labeled a five, anyone know what I'm talking about? You, were, you should not be a man. Because then it means you're doing an extra year, which means that you failed somewhere. It's time that you graduate. It's time to stop learning and start doing. Mm. The apostle... The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. All they had done, actions, and taught, teaching, right? Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because so many people coming, going, coming, and going, that Jesus and his apostles, the sent one, apostles didn't even have time to eat. Oh, man. These cats were, like, busy. So the first point I want to make, that I want you to highlight is, Being alone with Jesus keeps us from workaholism. Being alone with Jesus keeps us from workaholism. Christian workaholism. I was a devout or workaholic back in the 90s. Man, I was putting in seven days a week. The only time I ever really saw my wife was when I was doing something at the church. She had to come to the church building to spend time with me, and I put her to work. I was doing youth ministry, music ministry, young uh, 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 married couples ministry, missions ministry. I was doing the sound and the tech. I was doing video, you know. I was, but man, was the church growing? Yeah. Were people getting saved? Yeah. Were people being discipled? Yeah. Was I losing my wife? Yeah. Being alone with Jesus will keep us from workaholism. But we must understand that we must work. It is important that we must work. I want to make sure that we understand. See, the apostles were busy doing good things in the community. 
But Jesus set them, I mean, Jesus sent them out. They were apostles. Jesus says, you two go in this direction. You two go over there. Y'all go to the hood. Y'all go down. Jesus sent them out two by two. And he blessed them. And he helped them. He ordained them. And he sanctioned them to go out, preach the gospel. In fact, look at that. Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20 is, is the template. That's my, that's my theme scripture of my life. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came to this and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, in other words, in light of what I just said, go, vete, go, and make. The word make is the idea of work, produce, go, and make disciples. Go make disciplined learners of the principles of Jesus, disciples. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then watch this. And teach these new disciples to obey. Uh-oh. Teach them to what? Teach them what? Teach them to know? Teach them to what? No, no, no. Teach them to get more knowledge. Teach them to what? Obey. Obedience is a sign of conviction. If we're not obeying Jesus and we just know Jesus with knowledge, not know him by experience or knowledge. Y'all must obey Jesus. That's what differentiates us from culture. And then Jesus says, I am with you. I am with you always. That doesn't mean that he's just looking at us. It means he's participating in the work that we're doing, even to the end of the age. It is important that we all go out and work. It is important that we all get involved. Everyone has something to do, small or large. It doesn't matter. When you come here, you should say, uh, Pastor Tom, what do you need for me to do? I want to get involved. I want to get involved. You're lying to me. Why you be lying to me Sunday morning? Come on, say, Pastor, Pastor Tom, I want to get involved. See, you're saying that with doubt. Some of you are saying that with fear. I want to get involved. I want to get involved. I want to get involved. Come on, man. I want to do something. You know what I'm saying? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this. For we are, this is your identity. For we are God's masterpiece. In the Greek it means uh, 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 workmanship. We are a masterpiece of God. You know, when I was a kid, uh, uh, when I was in school, my junior high, high school years, I hated taking tests. I am not a test taker. I know you guys are much cooler than I am. Oh, man, I was bad. I, I cheated all the time. I'm, I wanted to make sure I was next to the, the smart people, and I'd be like, and I would still mess up, you know. <laughs> I still fell. I was a horrible test taker, man. My middle name was Stupid, Danny Stupid Lopez. I didn't think I can learn. Seriously, yo. But yet, I, so I put myself down a lot. I put myself down a lot. I, I put myself down so much that my one, time, one time my wife sent me, told me, Danny, you're not stupid. Stop saying that. You need to stop saying that. You're not stupid. Yeah, but you're not in here. I said, no, you're not in here. We are a masterpiece of God. God, man, made you. God bless you. Did you know that you're the image and likeness of God? You are the image and likeness. You're beautiful. 
you are blessed beyond measure. Yeah? For we are, Paul says, God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do, we can what? You can what? Is anyone here? I'm, I'm 60. I have that, you know, that tinnitus. So I'm, I'm seeing this, but I'm not hearing anything. You can what? Thank you. You just got the message a little slower. A little slower. So that we can do, so that we can do the what? Good things he planned. The word planned here means intention. Plans that he, I'm intending for you to do something for me. As uh, uh, Things he planned for us a long time ago. Ministry is work. There's no way around it. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take money. It's going to take work. It's going to take from you. But see, we've been filled with God so that we can give God. Do you understand that? You're going to be filled with God so that you can give God. You've got to give Him away. When you're filled with Him, you've got to give Him away. Give Him away. How? By getting involved. Jesus Himself said in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, look at this. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. God came, God sent Jesus so that Jesus can give his life away. And then Jesus says, come, follow me. Are you, are you following me? All right, all right, all right. I want to make sure I don't, I, don't, I don't miss you. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came to be served, not to be served, but to serve. But be careful. And this is where I messed up. The work took the place my relationship with Jesus. I was so busy working for Jesus and spending a lot of time with Jesus. Because I was so busy working, working, early morning meetings, see throughout the day. My studies weren't to study to get to know Jesus. I studied so I can preach. Work took the place of my relationship with Jesus. And that's when you know you're out of So, Jesus made sure of this. Our work stems from our relationship with Jesus. Do you get that? Work stems from relationship with Jesus. The closer you get to Jesus, the more you'll fall in love with Him. The more you fall in love with Him, the more you'll want to serve Him. Because Jesus will always take your eyes off of yourself and put it on others. You're going to see that everyone, a lot of people are lost and they're undone. They're unkept. And when people are unkept spiritually, they're not living. They're just existing. Christians should know that. That should be a source of conviction for us. We've got it all together. Did you know, check this out. This is more extra information, not in my message. Did you know the word husband, check this out, the word husband in Greek is two words, husband, husband. Do you know who you are? The word husband means houseband, houseband. So picture this, a bunch of pencils scattered on a table, right? 
a whole bunch of table. And so you get a rubber band. You take the, the, the pencils, put them all together. You take the rubber band, and you put the rubber band around the pencils. What happens to the pencils? They stay together. The purpose of a husband is to keep the house together. We're housemates. We don't allow anything to fall apart. Wives, she was she nurtures the house. She's a, uh, us husbands. We we can do that. We can get things done, right? We're conquer oriented, and that's necessary. A wife, she nurtures. See, my wife is three dimensional. She sees things three dimensional. I just see things mono. I want to get here. Let's go there, right? Shopping. I gotta get shoes. Okay, I'm going fleet feet. I want pumas. Boom, pow, I'm out of here. Pero la esposa, the wife, she goes, okay, what the shopping? I got uh, five stores I want to go to. We want to see all these shoes. Want to get what? The best price, the best quality. Like, I ain't got time for that. Let's go conquer, 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 conquer. Get it done. Got to get it done. Wives, I'm, come on, girls, y'all got to help me out. Am I right or wrong? Generally speaking, we're the housemates. Jesus is our housemate. Jesus keeps us together. He's the husbandman. The church is the bride. The husband, Jesus, he keeps us together. So the closer we get to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus keeps us whole and complete. Then Jesus begins to help us see the people who are unkept, undone. Our job is to go to the people who are undone and bring them to the husband the one who can bring their life. He's because we can't, bring, we can't bring people's lives together. We're a mess ourselves. Bring them to Jesus so that he puts them together. Our work stems from our relationship with Jesus. We work because we love him. We work because we love him. So it is necessary for us to be alone with God. It is necessary for us to be alone with God. Jesus knew how important it was for us to be close to the Father. These are a couple of extra scriptures that I threw in this morning. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Just mark, just note this if you can. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Jesus got up early. He went out by himself to an isolated place. And what did he do? He prayed. Jesus prayed. And he's the son of God. The son of man. Look at this. Mark chapter 6. Make a note of that one. Mark chapter 6 verse 46. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. What did Jesus do? He said bye to everyone. He went to an isolated place. And what did he do? He prayed. He talked to God. Jesus prayed. Jesus worked. Jesus prayed. Jesus worked. <laughs> and then he prayed. One more. One more. Luke chapter 6. Mark this one down. Luke chapter 6 verse 12. Check it out. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. And he prayed to God all night. He prayed to God, Jehovah, all night. 
He went up to a mountain by himself to pray. And this time he prayed all night. He didn't pray for five minutes. He prayed for six hours. Six hours. So we need to listen to Jesus. According to the, our, our premise scripture today, we need to listen to Jesus. When he said to all of his disciples, he came back saying, Yo, Jesus, you should have been there, man. We were preaching, bro. We brought it down. We were healing the sick. We were casting out devils. We were healing people. Wow, Jesus, you should have seen the thing. We fed hundreds, Lord. We raised people from the dead. Man, and you should have heard Mark. He was preaching. Oh, man, Thomas, woo, he was throwing down, Jesus. And Jesus, I thought it was interesting how Jesus made no remarks. He didn't say, well done, guys. He didn't say nothing. You know what he said? Yo, come on, come with me by yourself to a quiet place. Let's get some rest. He wasn't impressed by the work him is when we want to spend time with him. That impresses God. That's, you, should take the, you should take this and write that down. Write that down. Right, right there. Our work does not impress God. Our time with him impresses him. Hmm. When's the last time you binge watched Friends? Last time you binged watch I'm guilty, y'all. I started watching this show the other day. Uh, um, what's the name of it again? Anyway, that doesn't matter, right? I knocked out a good three hours. Because I was judging. Because I was judging. Because I was saying, well, what happened to this? I know. I, I know. How much time do we spend alone with Jesus? 30 minutes? And we're already looking at our clock. Snap, 30 minutes, wow, that's good. Jesus is impressed not by our work. He's impressed by our time with him. How do I know that? Because he says, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Why? Because we're so busy. People are coming, people are going. We're so busy. The first thing I want you to understand sub-point of number one is Jesus gives us an invitation. I want you to understand this very important point. Write this down. Jesus wants to be alone with you. So how do I know that? He's inviting you. Come with me. Come with me. Come with me. Come with me. Snap. We're talking about the Son of the living God. Well, we're talking about, we're talking about the name that's above every name. We're talking about the boom of Gilead. We're talking about one who spoke, John chapter 1. He spoke and things were created. The word created in John means that he made something from nothing. Jesus needed nothing to make something. It was bad. And check it out. He wants to be with you. Face to face. All by yourself. Put your phone off to the side. Put the laptop to the side. Put everything aside. Just come as you are and be alone with him. Be alone with him. Bring no one. Man, I get it. Listen, play, praying in the car, I get it. 
I, I, I do it sometimes myself. You know, I, I pray in the car, but that's different. I pray sometimes when I'm in jewel, and I'm shopping. I pray when I'm doing laundry at the laundromat. That, that's different. That's a thought that hit my mind. Oh, yo, Jesus, you know, before I forget, I want to pray for so. You know, I do that. But there's something different. You're all by yourself. In the living room, in the bedroom, all by yourself. The dog's not there. The cat's not there. The kids aren't there. It's just you and Jesus. That's it. making any sense jesus is giving you an invitation to be with him look at look at your neighbor say jesus wants to be with you come on look at him look at him say 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 he wants to be with you the second sub point is his invitation sets his people apart from the crowd you know when i asked my uh, my wife to be my girlfriend I was 13 and a half. And a half. When you're 13 years old, half means everything. Right? Once you pass 19, then you don't even see the half anymore. But I remember I wrote her a note. It said, um, uh, you want to be my girlfriend? Box, yes, or box, no? <laughs> That's the time I come to. Thank you, Jesus. She said, yes. Right? That was on New Year's Eve, 1979. We've been together ever since. It's the only girl I've ever known. We've been married 41 years next week. Yeah. Amen. By God's amen. Praise the Lord. And, and, and what I did, though, see, was to sanctify her. The word sanctify means to set apart. When I married her, I ultra sanctified her. See, when she was dating me, she had options still. She could have been with Pito, Papo. She could have been with Marcos or whatever. But she chose Danny. When I married her, I gave her the ring. And she said, oh, no, no, Pito, Pito and Papo, they're not. They're not. They can't touch you because I'll kill them. She, I sanctified her to myself. I made her my wife. And by choice, I didn't put a gun in her head. I had nothing but a car, a drum set, and, and an old bed. That's all I had to my name when and a small little job. I made five thirty-five cents an hour. And at and nineteen seventy-nine was good money. <laughs> but she said and she's been saying yes ever since. I sanctify her to myself. And she is mine, and I am hers. When Jesus saves you, he marries sanctified you to himself. You do not belong to your world. You do not belong to your sports. The Cubs don't own you. Bears don't own you. You may wear their jersey, but that's optional. They don't own you. Your boss does not own you. Your wife and husband don't own you. Jesus owns you. You belong to him, so spend time with him. Why is it that we spend the least amount of time with the one who loves us the most? Oh, my word. 
want to know why? I know why. Can I tell you why? Are you interested? I know why. Because Jesus is not entertaining. We, we live in an entertainment-based society. We live in a we live in a information, we pull out the phone. Did you know the average person looks at their cell phone 240 times a day? We just pull it out just sometimes just to see it. Oh, okay, it's still working. We put it right back in. Our phones get more attention than Jesus does. I'm not saying that to make to give us a guilt trip. I'm just saying, yo, that's just reality. So that's why we need to we need to go back to the closet of prayer and get refocused. Get refocused. What matters most? What matters most in your life? What matters? If Jesus matters most, then you show it by your actions. Jesus has personally given you the invitation. Jesus has called you to sanctify you to himself. Come with me by yourself to a quiet place. And I watch this. And get rest. Get rest. The word rest really in Greek means Sabbath. Now in the old the, 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 the people of God were commanded by, literally commanded by God to take a day off. Get your Sabbath. But in the New Testament, after the resurrection, Jesus now is our Sabbath. Jesus is now our Sabbath. Yeah, we should stay, take, 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 you got to take a day off. But don't call that your Sabbath day. That's not your Sabbath day. Jesus is your Sabbath day. That's why you need to come to him, come to him and get emotional rest, get mental rest, get physical rest, breathe in his presence. That's why when we started the service, I wanted you to stand up, close your eyes and just I just got some endorphins. Breathe. We don't know how to breathe anymore. Do a study on, on the power of breathing. We don't get enough. Our, 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 our lung capacity is huge. We only use about a fourth of our lungs. We don't know how to breathe anymore, man, because we're always going, 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 moving, moving, doing, doing, doing. And then we get exhausted. In reality, physically, you're really not tired. It's everything else that's tired because you're giving, 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 doing, 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 going, going, going. You don't know how to stop and be. Man, one time I got into a big argument with a priest. I did. Because I was so busy. And one day I came to the house real quick to pick something up. And she was, she was in, the, in, in the living room. And she says, she says uh, uh, halfway through our heavy discussion, she, said, <laughs> she says, Danny, she says, you need to learn how to just stop and be. I remember she was sitting and I was standing. I'm like, stop and what? That's what I said. Stop and what? She goes, you need to learn how to just stop and be. And I'm like, be what? She goes, that's the point. Be. And then she says this. She says, you need to learn how to stop and smell the flowers. I'm like, girl, you're tripping. <laughs> that's what I said. Girl, you're tripping. What do you mean stopping? You know? Go, we got things to do. Little did I know the Holy Ghost was speaking to my wife. 
I crashed and burned, man. I was so busy, I crashed, man. We moved to Seattle. We mo- I sold the house. We moved to the Pacific Northwest for one year. I hated it. We were, you can see the beautiful white capped mountains. I hated it. The Cascade Mountains, it was so beautiful. I hated it. There was nothing to do, nowhere to go. I can get a, I can, I w- I can get a machine gun, snag them, go, and not hit no one, nothing. Nothing but skills. And my, you open up the front window to our apartment, it was Mount Baker. You guys know where Mount Baker is? It's a 14,000 foot. Mount Rainier is six. Uh, Mount Baker is the second largest mountain in, in America. Beautiful. Mount Baker. And right behind it is my, Mount Chuckstone and the Cascade Mountains right next to it. And I opened up the curtains, Mount Baker, and it's just a mountain. I'm like, wow. It took me six months to calm down. Six months to just finally just like relax. Jesus doesn't want you to wait six months. Jesus wants you to go tomorrow morning into his presence and be still and know that he is God. There were some, um, when we were in, in Seattle, it wasn't, it was, Mount, it was actually 45 minutes from the Canadian border. It's called the, the, um, the Skagit Valley. And um, they had tulip farms there. That's, I know that tells me I've got to stop, but, but I'll finish with this story. But it was the tulip farms. Just yellow. You guys know what tulips are, right? Those be- they're the yellow flowers. The, the, they were white, and they were at red. Just, just fields. And when we went there, I, was, I almost started crying. I was like, wow, this is beautiful. And I started smelling the flowers, man. You know what I do with jewels now when I go to jewels? I stop and I smell flowers. Your being along with Jesus brings you back to reality, separates you from the busyness of your life. One with the church. So let me hit this one point with my second point. It took too long, but that's, I hope you get to it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, 23. When you are alone with God, you get rejuvenated. You get what you need for your life. Your heart is filled with His presence. And then you're positioned now in God to go and to give and to be like Him with your church brothers and sisters. Look at this. Hebrews chapter 10. Please, mark this scripture down. This should become your scripture memory. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23, 24, to 25. Mark this one down. The author, no one really knows who wrote it. It's probably a priest. Hebrews chapter 10 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. See, that's how you know you've been in his presence. Because you know who you believe. You know him. Not information-wise, you know him in your heart. <laughs> Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted, watch this, 
to keep his promise. He's a promise keeper. Verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. All of us should have some really cool ideas on how we can impact the lives of other people. Silence. Let's become creative on how we can impact this community. There's thousands of people dying and going to hell, and we are saved. We are born again. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, so let's go together and reach some people. And at the same time tomorrow, go and find our rest in Him. And they come back again together. Hey, let's go reach people. And then go and find some rest in Him. We create a rhythm, a beautiful rhythm. We have a rhythm during the week. Being with Him, being together. Being with Him, being together. Being with Him, being together. Look, verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Verse 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together. Sunday morning is to be the most important day of your week. It's not Sunday fun day. Oh, my word. This is not Sunday fun day. This is the time where the family gets together. Why? Because we all believe in Jesus. Not religion, but a relationship. And we're all part of one body. It's not Sunday fun day. It's Sunday day of the Lord. It needs to be the most important two and a half hours of your week. And it's not optional. It's necessary. I'm not, I'm sorry. I just, it just means a lot. It just means a lot. So I'll come. I'll get Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. Not y'all. Some people do. But encourage one another, especially now the writer of the, of the book, book of Hebrews says, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Jesus is coming back. And Jesus wants to use us to lead more people to himself. Alone with God. Benefit of being with others. Bless one another. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to stop with this. I'm going to close with this. On my way up here, Gosh, what uh, I was on, uh, I dropped my wife off at the location. It was Teju North Avenue, right? So I pull up, I pull up to Teju North Avenue. It's, it's a red light, and this little kid, he had a little helmet on. He had to have been no more than, I want to say, mm, six years old, right? He's on a little scooter that you do with them. The mom was right behind him. Like that, like that. So the kid is on the scooter, and so this is a busy street, North Avenue, Kedzie. And so he's, he's, he's on his scooter. He's coming across. I'm in the car, and I see him. You know what he does? The kid does, and he goes, and he keeps on going. I thought, like I could move the kid's like, I thought, how cute is that? The kid doesn't know me from Adam. And he's on his scooter. He's smiling. He goes, us adults, we need to do that. Doesn't know me, but he just wanted to say hi. 
Do you do that today? You're, at, you're, you're going to the Walgreens school or something like that. Can you just say things? Good morning. It's good to see you. Hi. It's good to see you. Hi. It's good to see you. Don't ask. Don't say, hi. How are you doing? Don't say that unless you actually want to stop and find out how are you doing. I did that one time. <laughs> I went to the store and, and the guy, I'm checking out the guys like, how are you doing? And I said, well, you know what? I woke up this morning. Really, I did this. I woke up this morning, man, my back was hurting. It was killing me, bro. And I was starving, and I had a bad day yesterday. And he's looking at me, he's like, I said, you asked me how I was doing, right? He said, hi, it's good to see you. Yeah, he said, we're, we're asking your name. The Bible says for us to be tenderhearted and kind unto another. Can you first do that with another here and then do it out there? together. Time alone with Jesus. Time together with one another. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Jesus, I thank you so much that you've taught us to breathe. You've now empowered us to prosper and to, succeed, and to succeed in you. I ask you, first of all, Father, that you would forgive us of all of our sins and that you would cleanse us by the blood of Jesus Christ, our atonement, that we would be robed with righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus, and that we would recommit ourselves to be free focused on a daily basis when we enter into your presence and learn how to breathe and be refreshed for another day of working like Christ for Christ with both the people in our fellowship and the people in this world. Yahweh Thank you. And may we revisit these scriptures to remind ourselves that if Jesus took time to pray, so should we. And Jesus went out to work, to serve, so should we. I pray, dear, that you would receive the glory and the honor and the power and the praise. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. We will see you soon. Amen. Amen.